0: Welcome to Aircrew Interview. I'm Mike Young, your host. In this episode we chat with Ari Saarinen about flying the Saab 35 Draken with the Finnish Air Force. He also chats about flying the Hawk and also displaying on the airshow circuit. So if you like what we do here, head over to patreon.com forward slash aircrewinterview to help us out for as little as one per month. You can also donate by going to aircrewinterview.tv forward slash donate. Thank you and enjoy.
1: Uh, mid sixties, sixty-five, sixty-six.
0: And when did you join the air force?
1: Well, uh, I grew up with the gliders before that, and uh, I made up my mind that I would be a fighter pilot for for good. And seventy-three, uh, I got uh, a chance to join the air force uh, primary school.
0: So, can you tell us some of the aircraft you trained on?
1: Uh, first of all, it was Saf- Sapphire, uh, the uh, air force air- aircraft I flew with. And then the Fuga Magister, jet trainer for the uh, 70 hours worth before uh, I went up to enlist. So that's pretty much it.
0: Mm-hmm. What uh the Magister like to fly?
1: Well, uh, being a mechanical throughout the control system, it's, it's uh, very nice indeed. You have uh, very little power available, so you have to be cautious. With low speed, uh, low altitude wise... But then again, you can actually feel everything the plane is doing by the feel of the controls being mechanic. Very nice.
0: You also became an instructor on the type. Can you tell us how this happened?
1: Well, uh, the system in the Air Force is such that uh, uh, all capable pilots, meaning almost everybody, is being uh, trained to instructors. And uh, I was supposed to be... Uh, joining the drug and training but instead they uh, transported me to uh Kauhava central flying school to be an instructor luckily in my point of view instead I learned a lot being an instructor and two years in Kauhava and then I joined fighter squadron in, again so I made up my mind. I will never ever fly the Fuga again because it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it is hard to sit on there. It's like a church stool. Wow! Uh, you're sitting on the uh, parachute combing, and it's not very, very uh, soft in the, in that way. And uh, you're upright in, in there. So that means that it's uh, your bag is uh, getting the punishment.
0: <laughs> so then you went on to the hawk. Can you tell us about this?
1: Well, uh, it was exciting because, uh, they asked volunteers, uh, basically to have a four weeks off home in south of, southwest of Finland to be trained. And of course, I was very keen. This was one of the first groups to be trained. So why not?
0: <laughs> so what was the whole like to fly?
1: Absolutely gorgeous. It's, uh, very sensitive. Um, You see a lot of uh, out there from the back seat, it is uh, forgiving. You may uh, have a whole wing stall and still be controllable with the ailerons Mm -hmm. throughout. And uh, the noise level is (laughs) lowish compared to fuga and uh, further you can actually uh, almost land more nicely from the rear seat than uh, from the front. You have the bow of the windshield in, in front of you from the front seat, mm-hmm. but then again you have clear view on top of the first pilot and uh, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Very good aerobatic airplane.
0: Yes, but you became an instructor on the Hawk. and Can you tell us about this?
1: Well, the majority of um, the trained-to-be pilots were already experienced FUCA pilots. Even some of them were tracking pilots, so it was quite easy uh, to train them and uh, we made some uh, tests against the fighters with the Hawk, Mm -hmm. very much so that uh, we beat the hell out of them (laughs) 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 with the turn ratio anyway, but uh, uh, most of the pilots liked the plane a lot. Mm
0: -hmm. So do you think the Hawk was the right aircraft as a training aircraft to go on to frontline squadrons?
1: Absolutely. It's so uh, close to fighters that uh, it doesn't make any sense to train first of all in, in the light aircraft mm-hmm. and uh, and then uh, sort of a middle middle aircraft, and then hawk, and then to the fighter. You can join uh, the light aircraft training and directly to the hawk, mm-hmm. which is quite short distance. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so how long did you spend in the ho- on the hawk, and did you enjoy it?
1: Well, uh, I was an instructor for a couple of years because uh, I was one of the first ones to have the hawk neck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It uh, comes with a uh, price. On one flight, as an instructor, during a loop, I was uh, turning my head and it stayed there. <laughs> so I had to have a, a sick leave for that. And the uh, doctor said that if you want to look aside as a 70-year-old, mm-hmm. by all means, quit now. I did and it still aches every now and then, but it's a common thing with the hawk pilots. So.
0: <laughs> so how many hours did you get on the hawk?
1: Uh, 500-ish. A lot
0: then?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: So how did you get assigned to the dragon? Uh
1: That was an, a volunteer thing. You. Uh, want to show your interest, Uh, pretty much uh, there are a lot of pilots wanting to do that and uh, you have to be convincing that why am I just a pilot who is needed to be trained. So uh, pretty much your interest uh, will show the way and uh, as I told you before I was uh, assigned to an instructor in Kauhova instead for a couple of years be Mm crowing. So, uh, once I got back to Rovaniemi, it started immediately within months time, 78. Mm-hmm.
0: What were your first thoughts of the aircraft? Awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot of noise and a lot of metal.
0: Mm-hmm. So what was the role of the Draken in Finland like at this time? Uh,
1: it was uh, vital, you could say, because it was first Western built real fighter aircraft with capabilities in the radar mm-hmm. and missile as well. As you will probably hear, the MiG-21 is uh, somebody's personal favorite, but uh, we always thought that uh, you may do parallel rolls and loops with a fighter and escape with two But if you want to fight, this is the one to be flying with.
0: So what were the main threats at this time to Finland?
1: Well, you could say that uh, the Cold War period was very uh, active at a time. I can tell you one typical thing is, is that uh, I used to be six years as a radar fighter leader as well. So the interest on the eastern side border was much, much more uh, vivid than to the western side. As the Swedes like to say, that the border is there for uh, knowing on which side you're going to pay the taxes. Mm-hmm. Nothing else, so yeah. uh, uh, we actually had a few vacations with the truck and that uh, came into history, one of which was a uh, missile that got lost from the Russian side and entered Finnish airspace. And I was uh, active at that time as a fighter controller, and I can tell you that we uh, acted the one. And uh, there's a story that Finnish didn't notice anything about it but you can actually tell that. Mm -hmm. There was a Draken up in the air with appalling weather. There's always a chance that the pilot has to eject the interceptor as there are no suitable places to land. Mm -hmm. But luckily we got one airport open (laughs) with the weather enough, so we were there.
0: (laughs) So could you talk us through your ground training on the Draken?
1: Okay, there was um, something like four weeks worth of... uh, basic theory training in the classroom, then you had the simulator, a session taking something like two weeks further, and then a Caesar or double seater truck was the next step. And if I recall it correctly, we had something like 10, 10 flights or 10 hours of flight with the Caesar. And then this Partil version was the first single seater mm-hmm. we stepped into.
0: Can you talk us through your first trip in a dragon?
1: Well, you have to admit it was exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first, very first flight was on the back seat of of the uh, trainer, and the uh, neti- uh, next flight straight in the front. And once uh, the electric canopy is closed, you feel quite excited. Yeah. And the CSR is so light uh, that the afterburner takeoff was something to uh, remember by. Mm
0: -hmm. So you could feel a power difference coming from the
1: Yeah, (laughs) you can actually do that.
0: So what kind of training would you conduct?
1: All the basic things flying, uh, uh, low speed handling uh, qualities, high speed flying, uh, aerobatic maneuvers, instrument flying, formation flying with uh, two to four ships and and, uh, basic uh, air paddle maneuvers were trained with that because it's very very keen of stalling you You if you enter to high angle of attack Mm -hmm. you uh, have bought it this way so yeah
0: (laughs) so where were you based
1: Uh, rovanim lapland Mm -hmm. arctic circle Mm
0: -hmm. and what squadron was that uh,
1: Uh, fighter squadron 11
0: so what kind of weapons would the Draken carry at this time?
1: Uh, we had Falcon missiles, I-Air, uh, and uh, radar-guided missiles, and rockets, and of course the Aden cannon, 30mm mm-hmm. cannon. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you ever practice live firing? Yeah. You tell With about the cannon,
1: uh, uh, I'm a non-commissioned officer, so I had no chance to fly a real missile, being a Mercedes-Worth in price. So I stood in the Volkswagen class with the mm-hmm. cannon and rockets. <laughs> but then again, uh, every year we had this uh, air cannery with the t- uh, gun on mm-hmm. and ground uh, attack with rockets and cannon.
0: Mm-hmm. So how did the dragon actually handle?
1: Well, it's very stable. And uh, the thing is that uh, as you have uh, this Elevon control, uh, controlling both the aileron direction or roll, Roll direction as well as the um, nose up, nose down. If you enter too high speed, nose down, uh, you get this uh, servo stall, which means that you cannot pull more than two cheese. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very cautious, mm-hmm. low altitude, high speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will get bored by the farm, so, <laughs> so to speak. So you have to be very cautious with uh, high speed and low altitude.
0: So, being a delta wing, was it difficult to land?
1: Well, the thing is that you have the uh, center of lift so further uh, front that uh, you have something like 10 degrees nose up throughout the landing phase. And mm-hmm. uh, The curvature in, in the uh, thrust needed and thrust available is such that uh, you have to have something like 90% thrust mm-hmm. to push you through the landing and if you go over speeds 20 kilometers per hour, it's accelerating Mm -hmm. quite heavily. But if you go under that uh, peak, you have to use almost 100% to gain uh, the required speed. Constant adjusting with the throttle and uh, as you don't see too much out of it, you have to be uh, stable very early on.
0: So what would you say the strengths and weaknesses of the were?
1: Well, the strength is, is definitely the uh, physical strength of the plane. You can fly so high speeds down in the turf that uh, I think that no uh, other plane at a time was capable uh, capable of almost fourteen hundred kilometers per hour max speed and uh, Of course, uh, being a fifty uh, a plane from the 50s, the weapon system wasn 't uh, at late years, up to date, mm-hmm. as uh, we now have. Mm-hmm. But then again, uh, it bites you if you are not uh, cautious with the speech. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the number one instrument you had was uh, alpha indicator. So if you go past 15 uh, units of alpha, it's uh, pretty stable. It doesn't warn anything. And it goes out of your hand in 22. So if you're turning tight, don't pay attention to the alpha, you're in a super stall, And that's a roller coaster, <laughs> I, I can tell idea. you.
0: <laughs> so we have to talk about DACT. How did it fare against the types of the time?
1: I think that's uh, pretty well indeed, because uh, it was an uh, interceptor by all means with the radar and forward shooting weaponry and with the trust to weight ratio. It uh, fought well mm-hmm. against the others.
0: Did you ever go up against a MiG-21? Yeah. How did you fare in that?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, it uh, turns tightly. I've flown from the backseat of a MiG-21 as well, so I disliked it. Mm -hmm. Because uh, it's an Eastern way of designing cockpits. Mm -hmm. It's very uh, claustrophobic. Mm. You have instruments here and there. Even you can think about an instrument, whatever oil pressure, oil temperature, whatever as it's uh, meant to be in a 12 o'clock position, the normal range. Mm-hmm. But as it's usually in a 2 or 3 o'clock, the instrument has been turned uh, sideways, so it looks strange because the lettering is still like yeah. in the original, but the reading is 12 o'clock. <laughs> That's the kind of approach they had. So. Yeah.
0: So did you ever take part in any large exercises?
1: Yeah, quite often. And the, the most uh, Cherished ones were, of course, this uh, alert station in uh, in Helsinki, Turku, wherever you were. Mm-hmm. and you had know, the real stuff, mm-hmm. intercepting an uh, Nimrod or Russian, whatever type, mm-hmm. Swedish uh, caravel, and uh, this was quite often we got these trips to Helsinki and, and uh, in an alert, as well as uh, escorting. Uh, High rank people from around the world, wow. presidents. Uh, Valeris is going stand with four Drakens. Wow! <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> so, how did other nations view the dragon?
1: I think very similarly. Really. Mm. Very similarly. Really. Uh, in Austria, they had the last ones,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, they have different conditions altogether. They have the mountains, mm-hmm. so uh, you have to uh, approach the. Uh, uh, system quite differently. We have flat areas. We can fly whatever we wish to, but there you have the mountains. Mm-hmm. And Danish had even uh, more experience with the heavy tractors. They were much heavier than ours. More or less fighter bombers than we had just interceptors in Finland. So,
0: so do you have any memorable stories you can share with us?
1: Well, why not? Uh, there are a lot of those. <laughs> I have to be reducing them. Well, the uh, thing is that we have I had a sauna in Rovaniemi. I was an uh, alert pilot. On Friday evening. Well, soon enough we're going to get home. Then you had these uh, whistle be blown. Now you fly to south of Finland in the evening, raining in Pori, which is southwest base, two kilometers of runaway. Heavy winds, you're tired. and tracking, uh comes with an uh, price with the speed. You have a slippery runaway. You have uh, 12 tons of uh, metal around you. It's gusty wind, you're tired. So we used every single bit of the runaway and <laughs> afterwards. And uh, one bad thing about tracker was that uh, you have a maximum afterburner. And you uh, retard the uh, thrust lever a bit back. You have the minimum uh, afterburner. I was on the wingman and going by my uh, number one. I reduced the uh, thrust lever just to the minimum thrust. I uh, extinguished the uh, afterburner completely. What takes place is that the uh, nozzle back there opens up. So if you try to figure out, like an uh, pressure down there and it's not steep enough, it's in your pants. So, (laughs) what happens with the nozzle open? You reduce thrust Mm -hmm. and there's the end of the runaway. You try to lit the afterburner but it takes 15, no, 10 seconds to uh, fill up the uh, turbo bump to get it uh, started again. What happens, you open up and open up and speed reduces, accelerates, reduces and the end of runaway is pretty close. So, I had something like two meters worth with the gear and uh, the uh, opposite fence, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, interception of the British Nimrod in uh, uh, Baltic Sea. Uh, we started out from Bori, flew way down uh, the sea just to in- intercept the uh, Nimrod. They were clever guys in, in, uh, behind the stick mm-hmm. because they noticed that we have a short span wing. High angle of attack, they reduced the power quite a bit, long wing, so uh, we pie past them with the stoward. <laughs> <volume. laughs> and they uh, said on our frequency, the con- air traffic control frequency, nice job, guys. <laughs> Brilliant. Flew back and there was an American RC-135 mm. crossing our way from the uh, Russian side. And there were two MiGs intercepting this U.S. guy, so there were a lot of traffic in there. So
0: (laughs) So how many hours did you get on Draken and did you enjoy it?
1: Uh, Around about 650, so that's not, 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 well it's not much, but I enjoyed it completely. The last flight I ever had in the Air Force was the Draken flight, Mm -hmm. 45 minutes, the last approach what can I do? This is the last flight. <laughs> I will not stall the plane, I will not hit the ground. It has to be a nice landing. Mm-hmm. But it, this feeling after the landing is, is uh, how can I put it? Uh, sadness in a way. Yeah. That, that's it. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what you we have in here is, is uh, the uh, shields for. Uh, this day glow instruments only, so you can actually reduce the uh, clearer in there. The airspeed indicator is is uh, typical for nowadays. Let's say an Avro 85 uh, City Hopper I flew. It's a similar vertical speed indicator. Very easy to use. You climb with uh, airspeed up to 850. As you get the Mach number uh, increasing, you follow the Mach number. And the other way around when you're descending, you use the Mach number. And when the speed is, is 850, so you uh, skip the Mach number. Uh, instead of this, in uh, the fighter type, you have the radar. Radar instruments. And you have the boot you look into the radar because otherwise you don't see too much out of it. You fly it with a trim. They have the trim. You adjust the position of the control stick uh, accordingly. So if you make a loop, it's very hard to just use the stick. You trim it through uh, the uh, loop. And the most vital instrument, of course, is uh, angle of attack. Very vital indeed.
0: You also have a head-up display there. Was that a, a very good No, that's a, just
1: a uh, uh, sight. Conventional sight for that. This, this is a uh, practice fighter, so to speak. But all, all in all, this cockpit is very, very uh, tidy. You have everything uh, in here: engine controls and instruments. On the left-hand side, uh, navigational things and and the weapon system. To the right, there you have the nose wheel steering. Very easy for takeoff. You just left hand on the throttle, right hand on the wheel. As you get three hundred kilometers per hour, you uh, take the stick and rotate. Go flying.
0: <laughs> the best part.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, it seems like a pretty small cockpit. Was it comfortable?
1: It was actually one of the f- uh, best ones because you only have something like three millimeters of, of felt underneath your uh, <coughs> lower part. But then again, this uh, tilt backwards is, is, uh, nice.
0: And what kind of uh, flight helmet would you be wearing? Uh,
1: conventional with the oxygen mask. Uh, it differs slightly from a western and, uh, indeed, Russian types, because you don't have any um, cord in here to hold your uh, helmet on. Mm -hmm. It's tight fit, so uh, every pilot has a day's worth of adjusting the helmet, so it fits like a glove. Mm -hmm. It really (laughs) does.
0: So sitting back in here, it must feel like home. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And further, you have a clever thing. I don't... Suppose they are the same kind of gizmos in modern helmets, but you have a bag bag in here uh, filled with oxygen. If you get more Gs, it's uh, sort of uh, pulling the helmet backwards, uh, tightening at the mask.
0: So Ari, can you tell us what happened after you left the Air Force?
1: Well, um, I was uh, a bit uh, uneasy. Not doing anything. So I applied for a company called uh, AirBotnia. I fly the jet stream commercially. And I got a chance to join them. And we uh, moved from Rovaniemi down to my hometown, Turku. And initially joined this uh, commercial airline business. Soon enough, they got the Saab 340. Uh, which after I flew the Saab 2000 yet another Saab. Then I uh, swapped into the uh, Mm -hmm. RJ85-104 engine, Mm -hmm. where I retired once
0: more. So did you enjoy flying commercially after coming from fast jets?
1: Uh, It's not comparable in any way. You may may have this uh, lousy bread, coffee, throughout the day, all the old magazines. Mm -hmm. Well, you have uh, nice ladies in the back, so. But it it really is boring, it really is. You get flight hours, of course, you Mm -hmm. meet people at the airports, you uh, uh, know the procedures, Mm -hmm. you fly a lot of instrument flying, which Mm -hmm. I dislike. (laughs) I like to see, that's all about flying, to see out.
0: So was it difficult coming from the Air Force and learning how to fly an airliner?
1: I don't think so because I, I was also an instructor with uh, twin ends in uh, liaison planes like Piper Chief and Cessna 402 in the Air Force. So uh, uh, I had my training also in the civil side, so to speak. Mm-hmm.
0: So how long did you spend on the airlines?
1: Thirteen years.
0: Let's move on, so do you have any hobbies?
1: <laughs> Aviation. <laughs> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Uh, for some reason, I like to uh, draw a lot, uh, logos and characters and things like that. But then again, I fly airshows with the Fuga. Mm-hmm. Been in that business from 1988, mm-hmm. when the uh, first Fugas were sold to civil owners. Mm-hmm. And I trained most of the pilots at the, moment, uh, at the time for the Fuga, and, yeah, and there was a couple of years leave of absence, in a way, from the air show business. Mm-hmm. I flew uh, gliders in between which I started out with. And now I'm back to SAP uh, Saphir. We have four of them. Uh, we fly formation, flying with the restored Safirs, mm-hmm. which you can actually see in here as well. So, yeah. And uh, I'm back into the gliders again. Yeah. I'm restoring my old mm-hmm. Polish glider from 62.
0: So did you enjoy flying on the actual scene? Absolutely. Uh, I
1: really do, because uh, you get to know... The same guys all over the place, uh, wandering around the, the uh, northern countries, Sweden, Norway. Mm-hmm. You get to know uh, pilots like Mikael Karlsson, Sweden. Uh, comes to Finland every year to fly his Fokke triplane mm-hmm. or Fokke D7 or whatever he has. Plerios. Mm-hmm. And once you have a couple of beers, you uh, get to know the stuff quite well.
0: I can <laughs> imagine. Yeah. So how do you go about putting an airshow
1: display together? I think it started out as we have two Fugas. And uh, the guy who flies it uh, with me as the leader doesn't have any uh, military background in uh, Air Force at all. So he was so uh, good with his handwriting in flying the Fuga that I, I suggested, why don't we try something nice with the pair of us? Mm-hmm. I can be the wingman because I had the experience of flying on the wing. So we have practiced something like five to six times only at the moment. So we're already quite tight mm-hmm. with the Fuga. It
0: must be very enjoyable
1: after this. Uh, it is, it is. And luckily we have the Fuga's owned. Uh, the one I fly, is a uh, Helsinki businessman, very keen on um, keeping up the airworthiness. Mm-hmm. He has a huge spare parts uh, assembly at his home. The thing is that uh, things like tires, or wheels, tires rather, Mm -hmm. they're very hard to come by. Mm -hmm. You have to buy something like 70 from Dunlop (laughs) and 1,000 pounds each, Mm -hmm. so it's hugely expensive, (laughs) yeah.
0: So is there an aircraft you wish you could have flown?
1: Uh, Mosquito, definitely, the habit of Mosquito, my all-time favorite.
0: Not a fast jet?
1: Not exactly. They're making noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Messerschmitt and, uh, and, of course, the Mosquito. Okay.
0: So what's the favorite aircraft you've flown in your career?
1: I must admit, it's the Hawk. The Hawk. Pretty much, yes.
0: So finally, do you ever get sick of talking about aviation?
1: <laughs> Niente. <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke uh, that lets... Uh, quick talk about airplanes let's talk about me instead so <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i think all the aircraft. Yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> well ari thanks very much for being on the show
1: thank you mike it's a pleasure
0: thanks very much for listening we hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you like what we do here don't forget to head over to patreon.com forward slash aircrew interview to help us out for as little as one dollar per month thank you and see you soon